This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, remember, every Monday I give one of you 100 bucks to invest in your idea to help get it to the top. To enter, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove it. Again, that's Nathan to 33444 to prove it. Last week's winner was Mike Sherbakov. Mike runs his own internet business. He's doing between 100 and 500K per year. And he's a blogger, author, and influencer building his business listening to the top. Top Tribe, this is episode 331. Coming up tomorrow morning in episode 332, you're going to hear from Kevin Getch. His agency went from 30K to $1.3 million in annual revenue with 14 employees. All right, guys, I am here with Ryan Holiday. You know, I met him, it was Santa Barbara, I think, right? Entreport? Yeah, we were at that random dinner together. The random dinner together. It was a good dinner. Uh, Entreport guys put on a great conference, and I saw Ryan speak about his last book, which was Obstacles of the Way. Yep. And uh, very stoic, very, like, learn from history, right? Like, it takes a certain kind of person to get into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with the accumulation of wisdom over the last several thousand years. And I think it's interesting, you know, you read most business books or you webinars or podcasts are like, you know, here's what I read on a blog post yesterday. When it's like for thousands of years, people have been struggling with bigger issues, going through them and then writing that stuff down. And so I've tried to root my my books at least in, in that knowledge. So you talked about the last thousand years of data. Let's just yeah. talk about your last, what, 30? Uh, I'm almost there. I'm turning 29 in a couple weeks. All right, so almost 29. So you, you quick overview, uh, you know, Ameri do your first book, Robert Greene. Ameri give us the quick overview. Yeah, so I dropped out of college in 19. I worked, uh, I was the assistant to Tucker Max, who I know you've had uh, yep, on the yep. podcast before. And then through Tucker, I, I worked with a, uh, a wonderful author named Robert Greene, who wrote The 48 Laws of Power. Then through Robert Greene, uh, who was on the board of directors of American Apparel, I started working there. I came on as sort of a strategist and an advisor to the CEO, and I, I worked my way up to be the director of marketing, which I was for several years. And then I, I wrote my first book in 2012, and then now I'm on my fourth. Fourth book. Okay, so give us like the overall data. So tr Trust Me Online was the first one? Yeah, so Trust Me Online was an expose of the media and marketing systems. That's like conservative. I mean, I would say takedown. <laughs> okay. I would sure. say Ryan versus media takedown. Well, I takedown isn't fair because like I'm part of the, I was I was considering myself part from of the, the okay, takedown yeah. from the inside. Yes, it was an implosion. <laughs> an implosion. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to take everything I knew about marketing and media and just like light it on fire. Just like yeah. give it away. Um, and then I wrote a book. What year was that? This was 2012. So you would have been how old? I I was I, I think I. Turned 25 and then it came out. Okay, uh, and tell me real quick, economics-wise, did you just do this because you wanted to do it, or was there a big incentive? Do you have a big advance? No, no, I, I just, I actually, like, I left American Apparel, I moved across the country, and I sat down, and I wrote this book, and I had no idea if it would be anything, and then it sold, it sold for, you know, a very good amount of money 
and it came out and it sold really well. What does that mean? It sold for a good amount of money, like, like the advance. advance? Yeah, got like it. Quarter of a million dollars. Okay. Um, how did you get? I mean, how did you get that? Well, I had a track record, right? I'd worked with other authors. Mm -hmm. I'd built a platform for myself. I had an email list. I had a blog. Um, I had good connections. I had good friends. And then I was writing about something that no one had really written about before. Yep. And so you combine those things someone will pay you to write that book. The book uh, was gonna go into a, an, an auction or a bidding war. Penguin, which is a publisher I've worked with ever since, uh, preempted it in a, in a pretty big way. And then the first thing I did was I took that and I put out a press release that said I'd sold it for a half a million dollars because I wanted to illustrate how like uh, people just trust whatever is in a yep. press release. So then that came out and so the, the book was a, the book was much more controversial than, let's say, its sales would have represented, mm -hmm. but it, it did really good and it afforded me the opportunity to do a second book. Total sales on Trust Me, I'm Lying, up to date? Uh, 50,000 plus okay. in like 10 or 12 languages. And second book was what? I did a book on growth hacking. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have um, that one too. It, I have an ebook form, yellow yeah. yellow cover, arrows everywhere. Yeah, so that was, that. Uh, my, my publisher had written an article for Fast Company and they were like, hey, do you want, we want to turn this into an ebook, and came mm. out as an ebook. Sold really well as like a short ebook, then became a paperback, um, and that did really well. And that so that's how many copies? A couple dozen. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. Okay. And and your 10, 10, 12 languages. Okay. In your time, one reason I'm asking kind of questions about economics before we get into your current book is uh, your time. I mean, you have a great track record, a great platform. Yeah. You did a blog post, and Penguin goes making an ebook. You're going, I don't want to make a fucking ebook. Like, yeah. So, so why was it worth it for you to do that? Yeah, and, and that's what I don't think people totally understand about the economics of books. So the advance for that book w was my the size of one speaking gig for me. Yeah, but I knew that it was an interesting idea. It might do. I, I was willing to t to experiment, and it did so well. I mean, I've now I would have made you know mid six figures at this point all in on that book, e even though it started really small. It started as yep. something that, which is very different than how most traditional books are done. Right, most books are done. You you write a proposal, you sell it. Then two years later, a book comes out. This, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And maybe it, maybe it works. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. You know, this book, um, it came out like three months after the article. Mm -hmm. And then, the, then, you know, six or seven months later, then the, the paperback came out. So that's, that's a different model for publishing. We're trying to apply more of this startup mentality to a book. Okay, got it. So growth hacking. Yes. Then what? Then The Obstacle is the Way. Yep. Which actually had sold first, but it didn't come out until later. So that came out two years ago. It's, uh, it applies stoic philosophy to business and life. And um, it was, it was it, it, I think this is the same thing. It's like, you know, when I, when I came to my publisher, and I was like, hey, you know, I've done these successful marketing books. I'd like to write a book about an obscure school of ancient philosophy. They're not like- Sticking with the same publisher? Same publisher all- So you're, you've all been all really happy with Penguin, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's some benefits to continuity, mm -hmm. um, but they were not like, ching, you know, check. I took, you know, a fraction what I got paid for the first book for, for So it was less for Obstacles Away. But like I, 50 ish? Uh, a little bit more than that. Okay. Um, I knew that I knew it had the potential to be my biggest book. I knew that working with a traditional publisher at my age was what I needed to write a book about philosophy. And I knew it would be the, the distribution and credibility that I wanted. And because I, I'm not financially independent, but I have a I have my business that pays my bills. Mm -hmm. So I didn't need the money to live. $1. I was willing to accept the deal. So that book came out now two years ago and it's it's sold like crazy. It's used in the NFL, it's used in 
college sports, it's used in the military, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's become this sort of runaway cult sensation, which I had some inkling it had the potential to do, but I had no idea that it, and certainly my publisher had no idea that it would become sort of what it's become. Well, what I, what's I find really interesting about you is just, I mean, even my first real estate deal came from a, a huge blog post I think you wrote on Thought Catalog. Oh yeah, we talked about this. Was yeah, it Thought that, Catalog? Yeah, I was just writing about, you know, the, the internet mentality, the contrarian thing is that buying a house is stupid. Yeah. The worst decision you ever make. And I think that's because people don't uh, look at it rationally, they look at it very emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that, I said I'm going to do a deal, I did a deal like two days later, and it's been like my best, I'm not giving you any percentage, yeah, but it's sure. been like my best cash flow like yeah. thing ever, investment ever. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is because I see you experimenting, right? Yes. Growth hacking ebook is a very like flash in the pan. Facebook yeah. marketing for dummies, it's going to change in like 10 years. Yeah. Obstacles of the way is very like timepiece, put on your mantle, and it's going to stay there for your grandkids. Yeah, and look, I think one of the things that is nice about real estate and, and other ventures is that if you can be... If you can develop multiple income streams, then you can take longer-term creative risks, right? Like since I didn't, since I didn't need to pay my rent with the advance on Obstacle, mm-hmm. I was willing to say, I know this is right. I this is what I, I I can accept the deal on the deal's terms because like I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna be able to make that work down the road. Mm-hmm. So I do the experiments and I pursue these other. Hopefully, they give you bigger royalty. Yeah. Since you're taking less. Uh, it, with a book, it doesn't really matter because it, you, you, whether you get a lot of money up front or you get a little money up front, if the book sells well, you make the same amount of money, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just an advance on royalties. So you're just advancing me money that I don't necessarily Oh, I see, I see, anyway, I see. Right? So yeah. obviously you like the advance because it takes some of the risk. If the book sells zero copies, you don't have to give the money back. Yep. But... Um, I, I'd already done well enough and I, I try to live you know, within my means and, and be responsible and stuff. So I was able to say, look, I know this book is gonna be, a, I know this book is gonna do well. It doesn't matter that you don't see that potential. I, I'm gonna be able to make this work. Yep, no, I, I, I think it's a great approach. So you, you have a lot of best-selling books. You're having a lot of fun. You're speaking all over, you're traveling. You enjoy that, I assume, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing about being, you know, having some financial independence is you don't have to do stuff you don't wanna do. Exactly, so why write another book? People are like, you lose money on books, it's no fun, I don't enjoy it, you come out with another one. What's the book about and why do you write it? Well, I definitely don't lose money on books. But <laughs> you don't, yeah, right? I spend a lot of money on on buying books that I read, but I don't lose money on, on, on books. But um, for me, writing is what I love. Like that's that's the career I've dedicated myself to. So it, it's it's the challenge that gets me up in the morning. It's what makes me feel fulfilled. It mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily challenge me day in and day out or keep me fully like sort of energized, but it, it's what fulfills me. And so, you know, the obstacles away is about external obstacles and then Ego is the enemy. I wanted to write about our internal obstacle, which is ourselves. So I have to say this: okay. when I, if I'm looking at a bookshelf and I'm looking in the business section at an airport, right? Because this is where you're meeting your customer, right? Or on an Amazon thing somewhere, yeah. and I'm seeing this and I'm reading the titles. I don't care who you are in the world. When you read "Ego is the Enemy," you are going to have a visceral reaction, either positive or negative. Yes. You're either going to say, absolutely, I hate my boss who has a massive ego. Yes. I'm buying this book because I hate my boss. 
Sure. Or you're gonna think, this author's an idiot. I have a huge ego and I love it. I'm yeah. buying this book to prove I'm wrong. Yeah. I happen to fall into the later category. I love my ego, so I wanna talk about this. Yeah. Maybe you can like change me, I don't know. I, I think I know where you're going with this. Let me ask you though first. Yeah. Um, you're like brilliant at copywriting, so I just have to ask. There's a lot of data in here. A lot of the data, the quotes are amazing, they're thought provoking, but depending on what side, once you choose a side of if the author is right or wrong, yeah. they're still gonna buy the book, they're still gonna talk about it. You still win. Yeah. That's the ultimate goal. Well, so you want a book to provoke a discussion, right? That's the idea. And also, I think what I found, Robert Greene, who wrote the 48 Laws of Power, gave this advice. He's like, you want the title to stand on its own. You don't, you want it, like, even if they don't read the book, you want the title to, to matter. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the obstacles away, ego is the enemy. I want some, like, even if you don't read it, you might like or not like that saying, and you might start using it. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think about. But here's what, here's what I would think the title. I think every, almost every business book is telling you that you're amazing, that you're doing a great job, mm -hmm. that you need to believe in yourself, you need to dare greatly, whatever. Part of successful marketing and copywriting is picking a sacred cow and slaying it, right? And attacking some commonly held or sacred belief. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of what I'm doing in the book. It's like, I want I want to be radically different than everything else on the show. Do you truly believe ego is the enemy though? Or was the goal to set a platform to have a polarizing discussion? I wouldn't write a single, I would, a book takes too long and it's too heartbreaking to write something that you don't believe in. So mm -hmm. I deeply believe it. But I think, here, I don't think that you think ego. You know what I'm getting. I'm yeah, trying no, to like. So I, I think, I make the distinction between ego and confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence is amazing. Ego is problematic. Mm -hmm. So I, I define, like Bill Walsh has a quote, he's like, ego is when confidence becomes arrogance. Mm -hmm. So I think confidence is valuable, arrogance is not. Or I would say ego is when we begin, we, when we lose our sense of, of reality or realism and we replace it with our own illusions. Mm -hmm. So I don't think living in your own illusions is good. Having ambition, having confidence, being aware of your talents and skills, even from a marketing perspective, maybe you know having a little bit of, of swagger or um, you know aggressiveness in how you carry yourself and present yourself, it's all well and good. But I think there's a very clear line between that and ego. Mm -hmm. So you articulate ego kind of as living in illusions or not outside of reality. Yes, when, so I, when, yeah, you, when you lose the self-awareness that is required, like. If you think that everything, if you think that you're a genius and everything that you do touches to gold, that everything you touch turns to gold, you will very quickly find yourself in horrible trouble because you're going to be making split gut decisions rather than looking at the data or looking at the information yep. or, you know, getting feedback from other people. So that's why I think those illusions are so dangerous. They're comforting. They can feel nice. Yep. But the, the higher the stakes of what you do, the higher the cost of ego. So one of the things I want to pull out is that I thought was a, a really good quote and I breeze through this thing. You say, um, if you start believing in your own greatness, yeah. right, it, it really is the death of your creativity. And that's not me. That's a quote from a, a brilliant artist named Marina uh, Abr Abramovich. So yeah. I have to, I couldn't think of how to have a, a, a real, like I know we could get a good conversation yeah. here because you're a smart guy and you're going to sound good no matter who's interviewing you. Yeah. But the only way I can think about to really go deep on this is to apply it to myself. Okay. So I'm launching a podcast in August, last August. 2015. The only way I could get guests of any meaningful value, and I tested many subject lines and many pitches, was to say, this podcast will have a million downloads by the end of the summer. Okay. All right, so give me three months. 
Some people would look at that and go, this cocky, I mean, I know some of these guys like that have amazing pockets, Tim Ferriss, yeah. Tim didn't, but some others might and go, this guy's in, like, he hasn't, doesn't know anything about media. He's telling these people he's gonna have a million downloads, yeah. but it wouldn't have been possible if I didn't go out there with that kind of persona. Is that ego or confidence? Uh, it depends. Have you, had you launched successful things in the past? Yes, but you knew I'd answer yes to that. Do you have a track record of success and building things? Yes, but I think anyone could argue that. So my birthday is on the 16th of June, and I'm uh, my goal for my birthday, I want to run 20 miles. I've never run 20 miles, but I've run 15 or 16. It's a reasonable extrapolation for me Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be able to do that. I might not. I might be proven wrong, and that would be a little bit humbling. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's egotistical to say, hey, I run every single day. I've put in the work. You know, I I have faith in my own determination and stamina to be able to get through this thing. It might not be pretty, but I'm gonna get there. Yeah. Right. And so I I find confidence to be a reasonable inference or extrapolation of your own abilities and skills. So like, look, is there a bit of swagger in saying, hey, I'm gonna get to a million downloads? Um, is it also a bit maybe of uh, a marketing device? Absolutely. What would be problematic is if you lived in a world in which you had already gotten a million downloads, even though you hadn't. Do you know what I mean? That's where it starts. No, I don't. I don't follow there. Okay, so if if you are you you are marketing to people saying, hey, you should be on the show because it's your 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 sales pitch is, hey, get in on the ground floor of something that's going to be very big, Mm -hmm. right? If you were walking around acting as though you had a podcast with a million downloads and treating people that way and giving yourself credit as though you'd already accomplished something that in fact you needed to do a lot of hard work to actually do, yeah. that would be probably Isn't this powerful though? Because it's two words. My podcast will have yes. a million downloads versus my podcast has a million downloads. That is the, yes. from what you just said, is the only difference. It's a huge, but it's a, it, it feels like a semantic difference, but it's a huge one. So, um, you know, there's a, uh, there's this funny Twitter account and it's called like, I'm working on my novel. Uh-huh. And it's just people they're always tweet, work- working on my novel. And it's like, they're obviously not working on their novel or they wouldn't be tweeting. <laughs> so, so it's like, but the problem with social media in a lot of ways is that we can get credit for things before we've done it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You, weren't, you weren't putting out ads, you know, bragging about your podcast. You weren't like, you, you didn't turn around and sell a course about how to create a podcast. No, I did not. <laughs> right, but, but some people do that, right? And they're, they're just putting the cart way before the horse. So mm-hmm. look, as a marketer, I totally understand. Look, there's a quote on the, on the finished copy of the book where it's uh-huh. like, from Stephen Pressfield, he says like, Ryan Holiday is like the finest writer of his generation. Now, I find that very flattering um, and I also understand that it's great marketing that he would say that and that's why I selected that blurb out of the other ones to put mm-hmm. on the cover. But I also have to be very careful in my personal life that if, I guess to go to that quote, it's like if I now walk around telling myself that I'm the greatest writer of my generation, which is preposterous, my creativity is going to suffer because the work that I'm going to put in is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. They've done really interesting studies of, uh, on children. It's like if you tell a kid that they did a good job because they're smart, they will actually do worse than if you do if you tell a kid they did a great job because they worked hard, right? And I think where ego is so problematic is that it tells us that we've accomplished says something about us as a person rather than it says something about how hard we've worked. So I think as a creative person or as an entrepreneur, you want to make sure that your success and your marketing is not intertwining with your identity of who you are mm-hmm. as a person and it's not preventing you from doing the work that's actually what makes you stand out. I might 
I may, I may tell other people this phrase because it's polarizing and might, yeah. maybe it's not true. So I'm hoping you can exploit okay. the untruth. Uh, I think, you know, I have, I have a bunch of different things I want to do. President 2036. Okay. So write a book, get people in every state to like rep the book, and the one that sells the most books in the state, that becomes the campaign manager 10 years later when you're running for president. In other words, they line up. But I could never say that unless I first brainwa literally brainwash myself into okay. actually believing that you could be president. And the act of brainwashing yourself is the only way that you could have the confidence to go out with meaning and tell the world you and what happens is when I say that on things like this or on a show, people reach out and say, oh, I worked with a political campaign. And before you know it, you're collecting the pieces because you started the initiative. Is that ego or confidence? It's probably a little bit of ego in there. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Daniel O'Brien, wrote this book. It's sort of a history of presidents. And he was saying, to be, uh, to be like 10 years old and learn for the first time that there's a most powerful man in the world yeah. and to go, that should be me, is a little insane. There's ego there, maybe? There's a little bit of ego <laughs> insanity there. Um, but you know, I think let's say let's let, let's say you do have that ego, mm -hmm. right? Um, which is fine. There's there's no question. There's lots of successful egotistical people. What ultimately matters, though, is that the ego is not the only thing you're bringing to the table, right? Yeah. The, uh, look at something like Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump has uh, clearly made a lot more progress than people might think. But his his I would say I think what's interesting. Donald Trump's, what's made Donald Trump a great campaigner will ultimately make him a horrible president mm -hmm. and maybe even make it impossible for him to actually become president because he is not actually aware of why what he's doing is working, mm -hmm. right? And so I think the hard part about success, like you look at someone like Kanye West, Kanye West, huge ego, super talented though, right? But he just announced with his last album that he's like $50 million in debt because this yep. failed fashion venture, right? Probably because, is he or is that marketing? Uh, I would say, I, my guess is that it's real yeah. uh, from what I know. And so that is probably a result of not applying the same intensity and work to the fashion that he applied to uh, hip hop, right? Or applied to his craft as a musician. Mm -hmm. And that, that's very often why people who are super successful at one thing try some other thing and, and they fail work. and it doesn't work yep. because they they think it's them that made that thing successful not the work that they put into yep. it. Talking about Kanye because I can feel the audience probably thinking about this anyone someone dis when they disagree with Ego's the enemy they go well look at Steve Jobs yeah, yeah, yeah. look at Kanye West so I'm yeah. gonna pull the quote out you know it but for the audience right so so he says but no one is truly successful and I think this is you saying this right yeah uh, but no one is truly successful because they're delusional self-absorbed or, or disconnected connected, right, Be with because italicized, yeah. right? Help me understand what you meant. A lot of musicians uh, have drug problems, and a lot of artists uh, go through a starving, you know, sort of dysfunctional period in their life, right? Is that what made them great artists? Uh, or is, could you say that it was, it was the drugs that made Jimi Hendrix great? Probably not, since the drugs killed Jimi Hendrix, mm -hmm. right? So Morbid. They, they, they are related, but they're not the cause of the, of the talent or genius. So what I find with the many, many successful people that I've worked with that have had egos, it's in fact, they're successful despite the ego, mm -hmm. right? It's like, like, if only he could get out of his own way, he would be 10 times more successful. So you look at someone like Steve Jobs, like, look, he was fired by Apple 
and he deserved to be fired. He was horrible. Mm -hmm. but you would, if you were John Scully, you, in the moment, you would have fired Steve Jobs. Yeah, because he wasn't delivering on sales, and he was unmanageable, and he was destroying relationships. And so what you see is that ego is actually the problem for these people, but it's that they're so talented that it compensates for it for a time. Mm -hmm. So it was only in to a certain degree mastering parts of his ego and going through that painful that painful firing that allows Steve Jobs to come back and then be a great CEO. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, with Kanye West, I mean not being not knowing him personally, I imagine when he's making his best stuff, he's not then his ego you know, ill-disciplined, Ill crazy kind of. Yep. So yeah, people think, think about Steve Jobs all the time and we're seeing all these entrepreneurs that can get quick money, yeah. launch a business because they have passion. Yeah. Passion. Everybody has passion, right? Uh -huh. I, this is part of, I agree with you 100%. I'm reading this, I'm going, yeah. So yeah, so we can agree here. Because just as often we fail with, not because of passion. Take us deep there. Yeah, I mean, look, George Bush, very passionate about invading Iraq. Didn't yeah. work out super well. Or Christopher McCandless, right? He's like, I just got to go out into the wild. Yeah. And then he eats like a poisonous berry and he dies, right? Passion is not a substitute for knowledge. It's not a substitute for a plan. It's not a substitute for knowing what you're doing. Yep. You know, so all the things, I think passion is great provided it's harnessed into some form of purpose or direction. So, I mean, uh, you wouldn't want like a zealous, passionate person working for you. You'd want someone who knows what they're doing and listens to instructions and gets better and is in control of their emotions. Yep. So I think passion is a substitute for the harder thing to do, which is, you know, have purpose and direction. The greatest business show on earth is coming to Austin, Texas, October 6th this year, featuring Webinar Wars, where two people that you know very well will launch their own products live on stage, giving a webinar live to their audience. You'll get to watch what they do and see who sells the most. The winner will get a massive prize for me that will go directly to their charity. Get your tickets now at NathanLatka.com forward slash Austin Live. That's NathanLatka.com forward slash Austin Live. And if you're skeptical, just look at the speakers we have. Go to the link, look at the speakers, and you decide for yourself. NathanLatka.com forward slash Austin Live. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere, your website's growing so fast, how'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator, I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator, and the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use, because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin, and guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them, you guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can see Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Guys, you want to keep watching. We have a few more minutes left, but towards the end, we're going to talk about something that many of you are familiar with. It's called fear. And a lot of you maybe use fear as a motivational tool. Some of you might not. Maybe someone used it on you and it doesn't feel good. Ryan's going to give us a lowdown on that. But first... Okay. He's like, I don't know what I that know is. That's going to be good. Right. But um, first, I want to talk a, a bit about a transition into kind of reputation. This goes back to the podcast comment I made earlier. Yeah. One of the things that you articulated in a title appropriately called "Work, Work, 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 yeah. Work, Work, Work," was those, are those connected? No, they're not. Come on. I think the chapter came first. She copied you. Probably. She saw an early copy. 
All right, so <laughs> the quote is, you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. Yes. Um, I would argue. Henry Ford quote. I love is it Henry yeah. Ford? Okay. Again, I, I always in the mind of saying, first off, nothing new is ever going to get created unless someone imagines it, right? Um, so that goes back to the illusion comment you made earlier, but don't you have to kind of articulate what you want to be even if you're not already in order to get there? Um, so look, I, there's that idea of faking it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. Would you want your doctor to be faking it till he makes it? Mm -hmm. You know, would you want to see a you know, fireman faking it till he makes it? So if, I think we only get away with it sometimes in, in you know, this space where the stakes are a little bit lower. But I think generally it's better not to take it, it's better to actually make it, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I, personally I'm someone who, I don't articulate what I'm gonna do except to myself mm -hmm. or you know, to like a close group of people. I don't want to get reputational advantages from what I'm theoretically going to do. I wanna get credit for them when I've done them because who knows, maybe you change your mind, maybe it doesn't work out, maybe it's harder than mm -hmm. you think. So I, and, and in some cases, some of the research shows that the more you articulate these things, the harder it is to actually do them. Mm -hmm. So I prefer to focus all of my energy on the task rather than talking about the task. Mm -hmm. Now I understand from a marketing perspective, at a certain point, you have to start to, you know, pre-sell what you're doing a little bit. So I, you know, I don't, I'm talking about a book, you know, before it's going to come out a little bit, but when I'm just noodling around on the idea, I'm not talking about it as though it already exists because mm -hmm. I know what's going to make it exist is not me selling it. It's me putting my ass in the chair and struggling with it. As a marketing tactic, you saying $500,000 book advance helps create buzz to make the thing sell more so it becomes a bestseller. Same thing with a podcast, sure. right? Sure. People talk about it. Nathan's going to do this thing with a million downloads and all of a sudden yeah. has a million downloads. Yeah. Is there is this a balance? I mean, yeah, yeah, momentum obviously matters a great deal. Yeah. Getting, getting, getting excitement and, and attention that matters too. But I think what's critical is that you maybe don't buy into your own crap. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'm bad at this, <laughs> by the way. I'm like young. Maybe I'm young. I'm immature. Maybe by my 29th birthday, you know, we'll see what happens. But question fear. I think this is a good one. I found myself when I was leading motivating with fear. You say this, and this is under maintaining your sobriety. Uh, and this is, I think, a quote from Merkel. Yeah, Merkel, right? Fear's a bad advisor. Yes. Fear's a really bad advisor. That where are people making that mistake? Look what she's saying that if you're not sort of sober and, and realistic and understanding of what's going on, if you're jerked around by this thing or that thing or you know this emotion or that emotion, you're going to make rash decisions that uh, are gonna put you in a bad place. Mm -hmm. So what she's saying is, hey, you know, and she's saying in Europe, hey, the fear of the unknown immigration is not a good reason to put up walls and shut people out. You know, we should look at the data. What does the data show? What does what do our principles tell us we should do? And acting on those those factors and those forces, and not fear of the unknown. You know, fear of competition, fear of failure. So generally, acting under uh, you know the the Stoics talk about the passions. Mm -hmm. which, you know, obviously I say passions. But the passions are you know our our emotions. Being jerked around by our emotions is a good way to get yourself in 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 trouble, either good emotions or bad emotions, right? So it's like, hey, everyone's investing in startups. That's exciting. I'm gonna put my whole net worth in startups. It's not fear, fear of missing out, but right? But it is fear of missing out, right? Yeah. And, and that can, you know, all of a sudden, the market can shift and yeah. a huge mistake. Or on the other hand, you know, fear of risk um, is what blocks you from the potential rewards of that same risk. Mm -hmm. and so uh, generally, you try to strip out 
ego and emotion from decisions and focus on the facts, focus on the, the research and the feedback. And I think you'll find yourself not only more successful, but you know, much calmer and, and less uh, uh, exhausted generally. So I can literally feel you guys coming through the screen going, Nathan, we're thinking it, just ask the question. Ask Ryan the question. So I have to ask, Donald Trump would say behind closed doors that thank God fear exists because he's using it as the most powerful weapon on earth to get potentially to the most powerful position in the world. Sure, but how has that generally worked out for people in his position? They usually end up killing themselves in a bunker or- You heard it here first. Ryan Holiday is predicting Donald Trump's, no, just kidding. They're stoned to death. They drive their countries into the ground. Is this, you are way more studied here than I am. Is this, this you're being serious. This is typically what happens with these kinds of folks. Yeah, I, I would say that demagogues uh, are successful in the short term and very rarely successful in the long term. And that is Ego's the Enemy. Ryan, where can they buy it? When does it come out? Comes out June 14th, bookstores everywhere. Um, I guess someone He's a big sales guy. Can you tell? Big, big sales guy. Okay, I just write the books. He just writes his book. Check it out, guys. Um, I don't have people on here. You know this. I protect you guys like crazy. Ryan's the real deal. I've read all of his books. I've read this one. I studied it. Um, I appreciate him coming out. Big, big bestseller. American doing his own loving cattle, investing in hostels, <laughs> traveling the world, speaking Ryan Holiday. Thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> If you guys enjoyed Ryan Holiday today, go back and listen to Heather from yesterday. She cranks a $1 EPC three times per day with the 25,000 person list and then dating me. Top Tribe, so I, I love money. giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. Folks, breaking news, we've added two capuchin monkeys that can sit at a computer, write a cold email, and close a deal better than most of your salespeople. They're gonna join the world's greatest business show on October 6th in Austin, Texas. In addition to these amazing monkeys, which you can't miss live on stage, you'll see tech billionaires battle, authors launch their books, startups go from bootstrap to billions live on stage. You don't want to miss it. Go to NathanLatka.com com forward slash Austin live to get your tickets now. They are almost sold out. We have so many people buying like Blake Allen, Timothy Delaforce. We're almost sold out. Go see the monkeys. Watch the billionaires. NathanLatka.com forward slash Austin live. Get your tickets right now. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.